Please be seated. You know, in our, in our fast-paced life, um, I mean, we're always on the go, aren't we? I mean, we are, we are always running. We don't think a lot about monks and monasteries, you know, behind these walls and kind of mysterious stuff going on. But every day, while we're busy doing what we do, there are thousands of these monks around the world that are praying for us from behind their monastic walls. That's their call on their lives, to pray for the world. Well, a story is told uh, that centuries ago, many hundreds of years ago, a young man wanted to enter a monastery. And he didn't know what to do, so he just knocked on the door. And an old monk opened it and asked why he was there. And this guy says, well, I want to become a monk. And the old monk looked at him and said... I'm sorry, but you can't do it. Please go away. And he shut the door. I mean, how rude. He shut the door. So the next day, the man came back. He said, well, well maybe the guy was deaf. Maybe he couldn't hear me. So he knocks on the door. And the, monk, oh, the old monk opens the door. And he said, I'm here to become a monk. And the old man said, I'm sorry. Maybe you're hard of hearing. But yesterday I told you that, you know, that the answer is no, I'm sorry. And he closed the door. Well, this guy was getting frustrated. So he sat there, and for two weeks in the rain and the, and the cold and without a lot of food, he sat there at the door. And finally, after a couple of weeks, the door opens again. And it's, and it's the old monk, and he looked down at this guy, and he says... Why are you here? And the man said, God's called me to be a monk and I want to be faithful to him. Well, the old monk looked at this man. I mean, he had a two-week beard going on. He was starving. He was wet. And he looked at him and said, you must be God's fool because only a fool would sit here for two weeks after I told him no. Come on inside. You're welcome, brother. You're ready for this. See, it's, it's easy for us to say that we believe something or that we want to do something. But do we really have the motivation and the perseverance to back up what we say? See, I tell you that story about the monk because it reminds me of our scripture passage this morning that Sean just read to us. You see, God had just given Joshua and the people the land that he had promised to give them. And now they were having a dedication ceremony, if you will. And so Joshua wanted all the people to pledge their allegiance to God and not to anyone or anything else. They were going to serve Yahweh, the Lord God, alone with their very lives. So in verse 14, Joshua says to all the people, he says, Fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. That's a strong statement. He's saying that these folks should be completely, 100% faithful to God in all that they are and in all that they do. That's a tough call, isn't it? I mean, that's hard. And And Joshua wants him to be honest about it. He says, look, I know that when we were in Egypt, you were worshiping other gods. 
When we left Egypt and we came into all these pagan countries, they, they worshipped other gods and you collected these little idols that they had. He said, I know you have those with you. If you can't throw away those gods that you worshipped in Egypt and that you collected along the way, at least admit it. Don't keep them hidden at the same time that you're pledging allegiance to the Lord God. So Joshua says, all right. So I'm asking you, choose whom you're going to worship. The gods of, of Egypt or the Lord God? And Joshua says, I can tell you this. As for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord God. But you all have to choose on your own who you're going to serve. So all the people shout out, just like they're supposed to do. We're going to serve the Lord. You know, like there's that Sunday school answer that you're supposed to answer. You know, you, you, you can ask kids in Sunday school any question because Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. That's the standard pat answer every kid gives. So what are you going to do this afternoon, Johnny? Because Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. These people gave the answer that Joshua wanted to hear. We're going to serve the Lord. Aren't you proud of us, Josh? And he says, no, you're not. He says, you can't serve the Lord. He throws it right back at them. And they say, well, yes, we will. We love the Lord. Again, that's what Joshua wanted to hear. Joshua says, no, you can't. No, you don't. He was on to him. The people started getting frustrated with Joshua. And he finally says, look, how can you say that you're going to serve the Lord God when you still have those Egyptian gods with you? Look, I see you. You're, you're hiding them. I see them. You're trying to hide them from me, but I know they're there. Throw them away. And so what's interesting when we read this passage of Scripture, the Bible never says that they threw them away. It doesn't say that they got rid of those idols. All the Bible says is that, is that they replied to Joshua, we will serve the Lord and obey him. Again, they've got the talking points down. See, like the man who was wanting to enter the monastery who had to learn that being a monk takes commitment. God's people wanted to worship God with their lips and not with their hearts. And there's a big difference. They wanted to worship God but still keep these idols that they had. They thought that they could do both. See, it's easy to say... I love Jesus. I'll put my hand on my heart. I love Jesus. It's easy to say that. And when we say that, what do we do? We turn around and show everybody that we don't really love Jesus by how we treat him. See, but we live in a culture with hundreds of idols. And we think that these idols are going to save us. Because that's what an idol is. We think it's a God and we put our trust in a God. And so there are lots of idols that we put our trust in. 
I mean, I've raised two of them, and you take a cell phone away from a teenager, and they think the world's come to an end. It's true, because their life is in their hand. It's like, if I don't have this, I don't know who I am. Because they put their trust in a piece of technology. The phone is their security. It's their idol. Others of us make idols out of retirement accounts. If I just have one of those, I'm good. I'm going to put my security in those things. We make idols out of individuals who think that we think can save us. Or individuals that we think can save the church. Whatever it is in your life, apart from God, that's the source of your strength, the source of your trust, that's the idol in your life. And Joshua says to us, put your idols away if you say you're going to put your trust in God. And hopefully we'll do it instead of just saying, don't worry. We trust God. Don't pay attention to those little things. Look, I'm going to hide them. Because there's lots of things that we put our trust in that we don't want others to know we're putting our trust in. If we are going to be the people of God that he wants us to be, there can only be one God in our lives. One. But see, I think there's something else that's interesting about this very familiar passage of Scripture. And it's in that famous verse that probably two-thirds of us have on the walls of our house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So many people have that framed, you know, real pretty paintings and stuff. I want us to think about what Joshua's actually saying in that statement. See, Joshua was the leader of the people. Moses had died, and now Joshua took his place. And they were establishing a new nation on the earth. The people looked to him for guidance. He was the leader. Yet pay close attention to what Joshua says. And pay attention when you're reading the Bible. Look at what is not said. That's always interesting when you're reading the Bible. Joshua didn't say that he served the people. I am your leader and I'm going to serve you. He didn't say he was going to serve his heritage. He wasn't going to serve his family. He didn't even say that he was going to serve the nation. Which is what, if you jump ahead several hundred years, is what Solomon did. When God said, I'll give you one gift, what do you want? And he said, give me wisdom. But the wisdom he asked for was wisdom to be a good leader for the people. Instead of asking for wisdom, a spiritual wisdom. That was his mistake. Joshua says, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Think about what that means for us. We don't serve the church. We don't serve a ministry. We don't serve each other. 
We're called to serve the Lord. I mean, if, if you volunteer in this church, if you serve on a ministry team in this church, well, if you lead a ministry team in this church, you don't serve the church. You serve the Lord. And when we think about that, it invites a whole new level of commitment, doesn't it? Because you're serving God, not just a church. Because see, if we serve the church, or if we serve a ministry, or anything else, we're serving something other than God. And don't forget that the same word for serve can also be worship. So if we serve the church, then we're worshiping the church. And we shouldn't do that. That's not a good thing. This morning we're going to share communion, the Lord's Supper together. And I'm going to ask you to do something a little different. Don't you love when preachers say that? Everybody, I wish y'all could have seen your faces when I just said that. Everybody went, huh? But I'm going to ask you to do something that no one will know you're doing. Okay, everybody relax. Usually, you know, we have the serving stations and, and, and you find one closest to you and you get in line and you take communion. You may pray here and then you go back to your seats. As you're standing in line this morning, I want to encourage you to think of those worldly idols that you place your trust in every day. What are those things? And as you receive the bread and the cup this morning, allow the sacrifice of Jesus to wash those worldly idols away. See, God alone wants to be the security in your life. He wants you to live your life for him. Every day, every minute of every day, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, he wants you to live your life for him. And when we do that, it brings us a joy that we can't even describe. Listen, there's lots of temptations in the world today. They're everywhere. There's lots of gods out there that want us to place our trust in them. Don't fall for the trap that those things or those people can save you because they can't. And when temptation comes, because it's going to come, we live in a fallen world, temptation's going to come every day. My prayer for all of us, myself included, is that we have the strength to say to our friends or our family, look, I don't know what y'all are going to do, but for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. You can do what you want to do, but I live by a higher standard. Do you have the courage to do that? I pray you do. Let's pray right now.